Hey guys, welcome back to the Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. I'm so excited. I have a marketing superstar queen with us today. My friend Jenny Melrose is here and she is going to, I'm going to pick her brain. I told her, I was like, if you want to talk about sponsored content, I'm going to ask you all of the things. So I'm going to pick her brain for you guys all about sponsored content. She's going to tell us what's up. Jenny, how are you doing? Very good, Faith. Thank you so much for having me. Come on. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Could you give people that are unfamiliar with you the rundown about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I own JennyMontrose.com. I'm a business and content strategist, and I help influencers and business owners really understand how they can grow their online presence organically um, and to scale and grow their business. I started off as a lifestyle blogger though. I started off in 2011-ish with the Melrose family where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. And I was also a full-time teacher at that time in the inner city. So I was working ridiculous hours to try to like get content out there and be consistent and do the social media and do all the things and started to figure out that I could monetize it and turned it into something that replaced a $75,000 teaching salary. Um, I was able to retire from teaching at 35. And then once we moved from New York down to North Carolina, I had the Melrose family probably for like another two, three years. And then I sold it for six figures. And that was when I turned to the Jenny Melrose side of things because I was being asked to speak so often pre-COVID, of course, about how I was able to replace my teaching income. And it was solely off sponsorships that I was able to do it. That's so awesome. I'm so curious to talk to you about sponsors. That's what I love about blogging. There's so many different realms and that's a realm that I've never even dipped my toes into. So my blog was all like product-based and teaching and selling courses. And that that's kind of like my wheelhouse. So I'm really excited to pick your brain about sponsorships. So my first question for you is, for people listening, are there like special niches that are good for sponsors and ones that aren't? Or do you think anyone with a big enough audience can get sponsors? So I actually think anyone with a engaged audience can get sponsorships. It doesn't matter the niche and you don't need a huge following. I never had a huge following on the Melrose family. I had less than 10,000 followers on Instagram when I sold it for six figures. And that was me making decent money just on sponsorships. So it's really about having that engaged audience. And if there are, as long as there are products or services that you use to create content on your site, then you can work with sponsors for sure. I think it definitely can be difficult in some. So like mental health can be a little bit difficult, a different difficult niche to kind of find sponsors, but there's definitely ones out there. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I love that you made that distinction between a big audience and an engaged audience. Do you have content tips? Can you give us hot tips for like, if I want an engaged audience, what are some things you think I should make sure that I'm doing? Yeah. So I think the first thing is you need to know what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for. Too often I see people just randomly creating content because it was what they were making for dinner or what project they were working on at home with no intention of like thinking about who this is for and Is it serving them, that audience, the way that they intended it to? So I think that that's the first piece is like really understanding who you're trying to talk to. And it comes down to your positioning, knowing what makes you unique and how you can stand out to your audience so that they can connect with you. Because 
the brands are going to want to know your audience. The brands are going to want to know, do you really understand who they are? Do you engage with them? How are you engaging with them? Now with social media, I mean, back when I had the Melrose family, Instagram stories didn't even exist at that time. That is definitely my absolute favorite way to engage because it's so simple to just create a story, start talking to your audience. And the people that see stories are the people that are already following you. So they're there for a reason. And it's just really trying to engage with them and ask those questions. And I think it's the opportunity that you have to really create that sense of community that I feel like a lot of us feel like we lost when people stopped making comments on blogs and stopped engaging on our Instagram feed. Stories gives you the opportunity to get back to that. And I think a lot of people missed that opportunity there. Yeah. And I love that you said that too, about using it for like a conversation and for connection. Cause I think A lot of people that aren't on social media or bloggers that haven't done Instagram yet think they have to get on Instagram and like say something super clever and like teach something. I'm like, I'm going to have to say something like really profound every day. And I'm like, people literally just want to see my dog. (laughs) Like, is that what you find too? Like people are just like, what are you doing? Like they want to see like what my apartment looks like. I just got furniture in my apartment. People are like, show us your table. Show us what Charlie's doing. (laughs) Do you have a Charlie? I do have a Charlie. Do you have a Charlie? I'm surprised he's not running down the stairs hearing me call his name. I do. Yes, exactly. That is what they're looking for in stories. Stories are the best way you can describe it is the daytime drama. It's the behind the scenes, the real housewives. It's the, you know, the reality shows that we all want to watch. And like, we watch them for a reason because we really want to be able to connect with those people some of them at least. So for stories for us, that's what they should be used for. It builds that like, no and trust factor, because if you are going to sell or you are going to create that relationship with them, where you're engaging with them, that you can then tell a brand, Hey, this is what they're coming to me for. That's where you're going to be able to do it. I love that analogy you made about the real housewives and the daytime drama. I think that's so true. So it's not like you're going on Instagram, like I want someone to teach me something super fancy, or I want to learn something. It's like, we're just on there scrolling to be entertained. And I always say like, I'm really nosy. Like, I'm like, I want to see like people's houses and what they're doing and what they do in their business hours and like that kinds of stuff. So I think that's a great analogy. So do you think that being on Instagram would be a good place to start for someone that wants to work with brands? Do you think you can use your blog to kind of send people to Instagram? I think if you have a blog, that's the best place to obviously start because you Mm -hmm. already have own that content. Something Mm -hmm. to always keep in mind when it comes to social media is that you don't own it. They can decide to do what they want with it. They can shut it down. I was very large on Google Plus. I had over like 600,000 followers and they turned around and shut it down. So that can happen. You never know what they'll decide to do if they're going to sell it or they're going to change the algorithm. These platforms are all so new too. So that's like so important. We're like Instagram's the thing like right now, but in two years, it's like, who knows if Instagram will even all still be on there? Like really. Right. So still provide all of the value on your blog, but you can use Instagram to try to find a new audience that you can then send to the blog. I see it as a way to actually continue to grow your audience and to engage with them in a way that's difficult to do with just the blog because you only have a comment section and people just don't take the time to leave comments the way that they used to, where we could actually talk to them and have a conversation there. So 
I see Instagram, especially stories, because Instagram itself actually is four platforms in one. Like if you look at IGTV as YouTube, Instagram stories is Snapchat, Reels is TikTok, and then you have the traditional IG feed. So stories is definitely the way in which you can engage with the audience that you already have that has come to you on Instagram. And then just continue to grow that and then send them to the content that you have on your blog, as well as grow your email list. Uh, let me ask you this. I have kind of a controversial opinion, <laughs> I guess, of things. That, this is what I've been noticing lately. I've been having some clients come to me that are like the old school bloggers. They like got Google traffic. They have the websites. They have the email list, but they just could not get that to convert to sales. And I think it's because they weren't on camera. I just think like being on camera when people feel like they know you and they know how you talk and they really get what you're about. And they know, I mean, people that follow me on stories know my parents and my dog and like where we vacation and they are like my ride or die people. I feel like when we have launches, I know that the people on stories are going to show up for those launches because they watch everything I do. And I have such a deeper connection with them. I just feel like it would be hard to get that kind of connection over just an email list. What do you think about video and email and sales? I guess I don't know what kind of question that is. You no, know, what I think I, you a, get what I mean. It's a great question. <laughs> I think that you're absolutely right that if people can see the way that you talk and the way that you teach and the way that you connect with your family or whatever it is that you're sharing, it speeds up the connection. Email will definitely convert, but it's going to take longer. Whereas when you do video, it speeds everything up. It's the same thing with a podcast. When you have a podcast, you're in their ear. They feel like they know you. They know the way that you talk. They know your mannerisms. They know the, the influxes of your voice when yeah. certain rants are about to happen. Those things are important and it's the way that people are going to connect with you. So no, I absolutely agree. And I think part of what the OG bloggers did, and I consider myself an OG blogger because it was 2011 when I started, was we hid behind our brands is what we tried to boot. And we didn't try to come out. They never saw us. We thought that we could hide behind a logo or we could hide behind the content that we created, but that didn't give people an opportunity to connect with us. So it took so much longer to then convert people to end up buying. Part of the problem too with OG is they have been giving away free content for years without asking to be paid for it. So if you've done that, you need to now like transform these people into understanding that you expect them to pay. And it's just transitioning it so that they understand that and getting them into that practice. And by using video stories, reels, even Facebook live, if that's where your people are, especially if you've got a free group or something like that, where you can go, they understand that quicker because they see you, they see the value, they know the person behind it. Yeah. I love that. And I think I love how it all goes together. I'm not like bashing email lists, obviously I have email lists, like, right. But I think it's just interesting. And I do agree with that. I think video. Yeah. I love how you said that it speeds everything up. Right. And I think it just, it has an ability to increase your conversion rate in such a profound way. So I've really been on everyone in my community lately. I'm like, everybody be on camera. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, you will get good at being on camera and people, you'll find people that like you. So I really love that. So going back to the sponsorship thing, what should I be doing if I'm like, okay, I want this income stream. Jenny says there's sponsor money out there. I want to get it. 
-hmm. how do I get started like getting in that world? It just seems like such an overwhelming world to even try to figure out where, I don't even know where you would go to start because I'm so unfamiliar with the sponsorship world. So the best place to start is your pantry or your desk. Look and see what brands you're already using. So if you're a food blogger, if you're a craft blogger, if you're a crocheter, what brands are you already carrying like in your craft room or in your supply closet? Those are the brands to start with. And then once you know the name brand of what you normally use, go and find an email address. And it's so simple now. You go to their website and if you go to like media or press releases and you look at a press release, the email is going to be there for the person on their team that's going to work on sponsored campaigns like that. So then send them a pitch email. And in the pitch email, you're telling them about your audience, not about you. They don't care about you. They care about your audience. Your audience is the one that cares about you. So you're telling them about your audience and what they will benefit from, from the brand. I always recommend looking and seeing the language that the brand uses on their website. What are they saying about their products? Is it nifty? Like make sure you use the word nifty. They obviously pick that word for a reason and explain how your audience is going to think it's so nifty as well. Using their taglines, it's part of your pitch is important. And it's really, you're introducing yourself, your audience, and then you're making sure that you have a call to action where you're asking, I'd love to send you a media kit and a proposal for your review. Look forward to hearing from you. And then that's it. I have a pitch guide that actually walks you through. It gives you an example pitch, gives you a checklist that kind of goes through it. And we can definitely offer that up to your audience, to your listeners, so they can grab that. But that's all that it is. And then it's just a process of following up with them and getting to the people that have money and have a campaign going. The way you got to look at it is, is that if you don't reach out, you're just a needle in a haystack. They don't even know you exist, but when you reach out like this and put your audience in front of them, they understand who you are and quite possibly could be looking for someone just like you. But if you don't do it, it's like what we talked about on my podcast about if you don't put your gifts out there, you're being selfish. It's the same thing with pitching. Well, we'll definitely get the link from the pitch guide for you. And we'll put that in the show notes and you guys will have to go grab that. Cause obviously Jenny is a wealth of information, just having access to someone's brain that's been in this world and kind of been doing this and knows the ropes will save you guys so much time than just trying to (laughs) trial and error it on your own. Right. And so do brands have big budgets for this? Are they budgeting for sponsored posts? Like, do they have money to put behind us? Will they fund us? Will they, they really give us money? Absolutely give money with the pandemic back 2020. We saw a lot of the ad money drive up for all sorts of campaigns. They weren't putting their money into advertising, TV, radio, anything, influencers, everything dried up and stopped 2021. Everything went full force and it didn't go into TV or ad money anymore. It went into influencers. Oh, that's that's really interesting. They want to put their money in there. There was a, um, I want to say it was a Washington Post article that was published right at the beginning of the year in January. And they said that the increase was about 63% of an increase that they were going to see for influencers making more money based on it. Because what we saw, not only in the pandemic, did money stop. Now they have some reserve left as long as they didn't get crushed with the pandemic is that influencers became huge. We had TikTok, we had Instagram reels, we have all these different ways. And now people, ordinary people are going to those platforms 
just looking for content and they've been trained now to do this. So because of that, influencers became more important. And right now those stats were showing that as far as the number one platform they're looking for is Instagram, because it's the most reliable right now, as far as for social media, but they also want the blog because the blog has lifetime access. I sold the Malvers family in 2019. There's still sponsored content on that that continues to get traffic and those sponsors continue to gain from it. So that's important to those brands. Oh, that's a really good point. Cause they're still getting traffic to the website and you're like, Hey, you, if you sponsor me, you could get leads from this forever. Yes. Yes. Whereas Instagram is like very like kind of one and done. Exactly. That's so interesting. You guys didn't see, cause you, you guys can't see the camera, but when she said it increased 60%, my jaw literally was like open. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't know that. I obviously knew sponsorship money had dried up because my ad revenue took a huge hit yes. last year. As soon as it, like, it brought up so much panic in me. I was like, everything, we talked about this in the episode we just recorded, but it's like that feeling of like, you know, when you grow up poor, you're like, maybe everything is about to go away. Right. I always have that in the back of my head. And then all of the sponsorship money and ad money, like I saw all of our ad revenue just fall to the ground. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yes. So anyway, that's so interesting to, to know. I didn't realize that. So I think this could be a really cool way for people to get started do you recommend people start pitching brands like early on, or do you think they need to just focus on building the platform or when is it time to start? Yeah, so we out? talked a little bit about in the beginning that you don't need to have a huge following, but I do recommend that it's more than your mom, your sister, and your best friend reading your content. And you want there to be value. You don't want to have three articles and think that you right out the gate, you can pitch unless of course you're pitching for Instagram and you're just going to put a blog up as well. And your Instagram has like, minimum 5,000 followers. If you don't have a blog, that's really consistent. But again, it goes back to the engagement. If you can talk about what your people are coming to you for, and honestly using, I cannot help myself with going back to stories (laughs) and it kills me to keep doing it because it's just such a game changer that people really will start to understand what type of content to put out there because you can ask them. When I tried to choose the cover for my book, I put up four photos on Instagram stories and asked my people to help me choose the cover for the book. That's the cover of the book. Like that's how I did it. And when they participated in that, they now feel like they were part of it. So they're more likely to buy the book and get excited about it and, you know, support me in whatever way moving forward. It's the same thing with your audience. When you ask them, Hey, do you want a new crochet project or do you want a new watercolor project? Let's just say, and they tell you they're looking for watercolor and then you put it out. They're going to make sure that they click through over to look at this new watercolor that you put out there. The same way with like, if you're trying to create a product or service, I have had clients that thought that they were going to write a book and she then went and asked her audience and they didn't want a book. They wanted to saved herself so much time, <laughs> so much time. And when the journal came out, it flew off the shelves because they were part of it. She would then ask them, well, what are you struggling with? Um, she deals with miscarriage and that was what the journal was for. So she would say like, what do you struggle with when it comes to the next day or to talking to friends or gift ideas? They would tell her and that's what she created. That was what went into this journal. It was all of their thoughts and all of their 
exactly what they wanted. So because of that, they're more likely to purchase it. And she's gone on to do the same thing with her next. Now she's got a baby planner out because she deals with all facets of motherhood. Um, and it's done so well because she just asked them, what do you want? And then she gave it to them. Yeah. I love that. Like organic, like market research. I feel like I do that. I'm like, I don't have to do market research. I'm like, I ask, I talk to them all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like they're my friends. I know what they're struggling with. I know what, cause I ask them their questions and what they're stuck with. And I just have conversations with people all the time. And I'm like, I don't need to survey my audience. Like I would talk to them all the time. So I love this idea of like, just being able to have a conversation and talk to your audience on your platforms. I think that's really cool. And then once you have that engaged audience, you can end up getting paid and pitching brands, which is so cool and get product ideas, all of it. Right. Absolutely. And I think part two is the brands want to see that, like they will pay for Instagram stories. So people always ask, well, how do I charge? What do I price? And the best way to do it right now, industry standard for Instagram is pretty much 10,000 followers. You get a hundred bucks per post to your feed. That's also per story. So if you did a series of five stories, that's $500 just for five stories. It took you wow. not even a minute to create because it's 15 seconds for each one. So it adds up and they want to see that because then you're tagging them builds their brand awareness. And if you can get your audience to then comment about it, that's all that they're looking for. Yeah. I love that. We were talking on, I just did an interview with Jenny on her podcast about money mindset. We were talking about that most women raise their own capital for their business. So I love that so much to have that in your pocket would be incredible. Even if it's just, you know, a hundred bucks and you do five, that's 500 bucks. But that's like, if you want a coach or you want a program or you want an assistant, you can be like, okay, I'm going to do this many brands or whatever to pay for it. And that's a way you can fund your business to then grow and like make even more money off of that investment. So I love that. It's a great thing to have in your back pocket. Well, thank you so much for all of your tips. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yes. So I also am a podcaster. I have influencer entrepreneurs with Jenny Melrose. I've had it for four years now. So there's a ton of content there. And then the best place to get in touch with me is Instagram, which is at Jenny underscore Melrose. I'm always the one answering my DMs and it's definitely the best place. Yeah. And I'm always like the best way to learn how to do marketing is to watch marketers on Instagram. So you guys are going to want to go follow Jenny. (laughs) do what she's doing. (laughs) I'm always like, see what the people are doing that have the result you want and then do what they're doing. (laughs) So definitely go follow her, check her out, stalk her on all the places. We'll make sure to put a link for your pitch guide in the notes. And thank you so much for being here. I think it's a really exciting, like new stream of income for my audience that not a lot of people have delved into that could be game-changing and really transformative. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Faith. We did it. We podcasted. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out. I wanted to let you know that the doors to the mastermind are open. The Blogging Breakthroughs mastermind is a group I created to help support you on your business, to help you get clarity on your business, to help you make more money faster, to help you be in community with other women, building a business on your own, is so hard. It's so isolating. I see so many women buying courses, getting discouraged, not getting the results that they want. I created this group to support you while you build your business. 
In addition to being part of an amazing community of women, you also get invited to come to a weekly group coaching call on Zoom with me. These calls are really, really special. People are really raw and honest about what's going on in their business and their life. And it's just a time for us to come together to connect, support each other, brainstorm business ideas, just anything you guys need. These calls are really, really special. And I really believe they will help you grow your business. In addition to the calls with me, you also get access to tons of group coaching calls, guest workshops, co-working hours, a blogathon that we run every single week to help you stay motivated and working on your business. There's so many resources available to support you. You don't have to build this business on your own. And I hope you will consider coming to join us inside the mastermind. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys soon.